Hi, I'm Olaomi Brigway, and I began to experience all-round supernatural success in my life when I finally accepted that no matter how hard a person works, they will never rise above their level of thinking. Are you looking for transformation from the inside out? Then join me on the Super Abundant Life podcast. Hi, this is Olaomi, and welcome back to the Super Abundant Life podcast. Let me be the first person to wish you Merry Christmas. Because of course, by the time you hear my voice again, when the next podcast is released, it would have already been Christmas and passed. So (laughs) Merry Christmas. I pray that you and your family have a wonderful time together, full of love, full of laughter, full of the peace of God as we celebrate the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. Right, so mm, today I'm going to do another spotlight. I actually decided to do more spotlights for uh, well, spotlights for the remainder of 2020. There are some really gorgeous episodes that we did, particularly early on in the podcast, that if you're a regular follower of this podcast, you have listened to many, many, many moons ago. <laughs> um, and it would be a great way to reintroduce you to these podcasts. And if a more recent listener, they probably would not have listened to these episodes yet. Now, this one that I picked in particular, I picked it because of the season that we're in. You remember when we all went, when we all went into lockdown, um, some in February, some in March, and everybody was very excited about working from home. Like, yes, you know, my dream, you know, working from home, no commute, no having to wake up really early, etc., etc. And well, f- not for me, because I've been working from home for about um, two years at that point, maybe a year and a half, two years anyway, by that point. So it wasn't anything new for me, but um, for a lot of people that I that I know, they didn't have to get up early, you know, get to school, the kids off to school, etc. then go off to work, etc. People were very excited. But then what now happened was I began to talk to my friends. I began to talk to um, the people in Seoul. I began to talk to some of my clients in GEMS, etc. And what I was hearing, you know, was quite interesting because people now started saying things like, oh my goodness, I'm working much more than I would have when I was actually commuting to go and work in an office. And this is something that I heard over and over and over again, almost from every single person that I talked to. They would say things like, you know, number one, there was endless meetings, meetings, just meeting after meeting after meeting. And someone in particular, one of my best friends actually said that, you know, after having meetings all day, then he would now sit down at at the end of the and go, my goodness, I haven't even done the work that I'm supposed to do. And then he would now have to work into the night to try and catch up with what he was meant to do in the first place because the day, his days were so full of meetings, right? Zoom meetings, et cetera, et cetera. So I began to think that, One of the things that may have been lost, and of course, let me not forget the fact that for many months during that time, our kids were also at at home with us. So on top of having to keep up with the meetings and the extra work, etc., most of us were also having to homeschool, make sure the kids are okay, etc., keep them occupied, keep them engaged, make sure they're learning and all that stuff. So 
there's a lot that has gone on this year um, that may have <laughs> somehow increased our stress factor, you know, um, and that's one of the reasons why I picked this episode that I'm going to spotlight today. When Banker and I sat down, actually before before that, uh, and I'm and I'm talking about a very good friend of my Banker Amode. I've known Banker since we were at the university together, University of Lagos. And what I know about Banker is she's someone that always, almost almost as a priority, schedules time to enjoy her life. She works very hard. She has a family. She has a, a thriving career. She has many other obligations. But from what I've observed over the years, I realized that she was someone that, you know, would take her, her mental well-being, her enjoyment of life very seriously. And she didn't just leave it to as, a, as an afterthought, like, oh, okay, I haven't been on holiday in a long time. Okay, what should we do? Or, or whatever it is. So when I decided to record that episode at the time, she, there was nobody else in my mind, you know, that fit the epitome of what I was trying to portray, which is, yes, we're working hard, but do we actually slow down long enough to enjoy the life that we're working hard for? And that's why I got Banker on the podcast and it was a beautiful interview. I laughed so much. It was just a fun interview, which is the second reason why I picked this episode. We, I think we all just need some laughs. We just, with the year that we've had, right, <laughs> we need to just have a bit of a laugh. Uh, I've been doing that a lot lately. If you follow me on Instagram and you, and you look at my stories, is there are two things. My, my Instagram stories has two things, all right? There's the, there are two purposes to encourage you in the Lord, to scriptures and all that, and to make you laugh. So I always share stuff to make me to, to that make me laugh on there just to get people full of joy again. And I believe that we strongly, strongly need that atmosphere of joy in our lives with the year that we have had. We keep our joy up because we know that we have the victory. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I absolutely enjoyed recording it um, the first time around with Banker and listening to it again when I decided to showcase it. I was like, oh my goodness, Banker was on fire. It's a, it's a fun episode. I hope you enjoy it. And I'll be back next week with another Spotlight. New episodes drop in 2021. Merry Christmas. And I hope you have a lovely, lovely, lovely time with your family. Bye. Many of us live lives that are so busy and so full that we don't actually have time to enjoy the life that we work so hard for, nor do we have time to pursue the things that we're passionate about, the dreams that God has placed in our heart. In today's episode of Super Abundant Life Interview, we're going to be looking at what to do when you don't have time to enjoy your life. I'm Allow Me, and I'm very excited to share this episode with you. With me today, I have a very good friend of mine, Banke Amune. I've known Banke since university days. And it is a real privilege for me to have her because she's someone that I know lives this truth that we're about to talk about today. Banker is a PMO manager. She's happily married and she has three beautiful girls. Banker, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Laomi. Thank you. It's wonderful to have you here. So today we're talking about how we work so hard, 
and that's beautiful. It's a wonderful thing uh, to work so hard. We succeed, we climb up in our careers and so on. We get married, we have kids. But then a lot of times that life, because it is multidimensional, becomes so full that you don't even enjoy the life. It's like you're just going from day to day, almost yes. like a robot sometimes. Like, okay, mm-hmm. get up, get the kids up, they go to school, go to work, and so on, come home, cook, do this, homework, and then go to bed. Yes. And from talking to a lot of people, especially women, I find that a lot of times there are dreams that they are carrying yep. in their hearts, things they want to do, right, outside of the normal life. But they yes. just feel like there's, this, there's a headspace, yep. right? Enough peace, the baby's okay. I want to think about this or time to pursue those things. And these are things that always stay there and are always nagging somehow. And there's no, it's robbing people of their fulfillment. So yes. we're going to be looking to the at how God sees this. What is his approach to this? And also what, you know, the uh, signature of the Super Abundant Life interviews is we talk to people that were once in that situation and have been able to overcome it. So we're going to be gleaning a lot of wisdom. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So do you want to, um, have you always been someone that lived a perfectly balanced life, you know, and (laughs) very far from it, actually. I got married about, 14 years or thereabouts ago and it's been rocky at times fantastic at times for the first two years we didn't have any kids and it was funny because um when the kids started to come it was almost like our lives revolved all about around the children it was all getting them ready to go to the nanny um getting ready to go to work and then i found myself always playing catch-up Um, so I'd come back from work, have to tidy up the house, have to sort out my daughter. I had just one at the time. Mm. And even with just one, it was a massive struggle. It was a a huge Mm. struggle. And at the time I found that I wasn't doing anything else apart from looking after my daughter, being a wife. Um, I wasn't taking care of myself either. Mm. Sometimes I'd go like weeks and not even think about luckily for me I have long hair so it was easy to just pack my hair and go um but I just wasn't I just couldn't be bothered you know to do anything more I didn't have the energy to do anything more if I'm honest and so that carried on for a couple of years had my second daughter and I think I just came to a realization one day that I can't continue like this I need to you know break out of this my relationship with my husband was very strange because it was almost like any time we actually spoke, it had, was ha- it had to be about the kids. Mm. How um, um, he needed to pick my daughter up from school on his way or it just, had, it just revolved around just the kids. There was nothing like, oh, um, let's have a conversation about what our plans are for the year or um, I love you or anything yeah. like that. I can't <laughs> remember. <laughs> Just like, okay. There was absolutely nothing like, it was more like, oh, Banker, what are we eating for dinner today? Or <laughs> That's what it was. And it's funny that, um, I mean, we carried on like that for years. And I think I, I kind of became a bit resentful um, mm. of my husband because I, I thought, I mean, as a man, fine. The truth yeah, is my husband did. was helping me. I mean, I, I will you know, put that out there. He, he was supportive to an extent, maybe not as much as I thought he could have been, but 
he tried his best or what he thought he, what his, was his best at the time. But I just struggled with the fact that, I mean, he had all this free time to his, himself or what I thought was free time. He'd come back from work, sit in front of the TV, catch up on TV. I didn't even have the strength to watch TV, <laughs> not to talk of catch up on TV. And I still have to sort my daughter out, get myself ready for work the next day. Mm. And it was just like a cycle. I just kept, you know, going day in, day out, month in, month out, year in, year out. And I just got fed up. Um, I had so many dreams. I wanted to take my career to, or go to a different career. I, I, I had business ideas. I had so many ideas going in my head, but I just couldn't sit to actually think anything through and say, okay, these are the steps I need to, to make or take to achieve this. And that was very frustrating for me. Hmm. And um, I think the, the change point for me was um, at a point, um, I had this group of ladies that I used to hang out with. And at first I thought it was just me that was going through that. But as I interacted with them, I found out that we were all in the same boat somehow or the other. Um, but none of us were really doing anything actively about it. But then I had this one friend in particular who her husband and my husband were also friends. And she'd say, oh, let's go to dinner with the guys. At first, I'd be thinking, is this girl for real? <laughs> Where is the time? Where am I going to put my child? That's extra child care, you know? Where am I going to sort that out? How am I going to, you know, function and all of that? But over time, um, I can't say it clicked in one day. So this is just little things I've learned to do over the years. Um, I just realized that I had to stop taking my life so seriously because I don't know if Laomi remembers me from school. I was very serious and <laughs> things had to be done a certain way. And Many of us are like that, don't worry. <laughs> I can't really say I was enjoying my life as, mm -hmm. as a Christian. I was struggling. Um, I was struggling in every area, if I'm, if I'm honest, in every single area. So it started from little changes like saying um so booking a holiday and if in fact the first time i booked a holiday my husband said no we're not going and i just said you know what i'm going to book this <laughs> whether you want to or not we're going mm. and he enjoyed himself and now i mean my husband looks up forward to holidays like really really well he's like when's the next one where are we going to he's happy to explore now and i thank god for that um also with the kids, I found that delegating really, really helps. Um, initially, I'll do everything myself, dishes, tidying the house, the shopping, every single thing I had to do myself. It was almost like I was trying to prove I was superwoman or something. Yeah. But then it was me realizing that it's okay to get people to help you. Yes. It's okay to get a cleaner in nothing is going to yeah. no one if anyone doesn't like it well that's their problem yeah it works for you so i think it's learning to do things that work for you and realizing where your boundaries are where your strengths are and where your weaknesses are that's and true. where you're strong you know okay go ahead you know do it but where you know you have weaknesses it's okay to get someone else to do it it's um it's not compulsory that you tidy your house every single day or wash your bath every single day if you don't have the time or the capacity to do it, it's okay not to. It's uh, recognizing that it's okay. It's recognizing yeah. that you can say no and no nobody's going to die because you said no. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. And, uh, you know, you've, you've dropped so many nuggets there. Uh, I'm going to just take you back to a few things that you said. The first thing was you, you talked about the fact that um, you started to get a bit resentful yeah. of your, you know, your relationship with your husband because you feel like, oh, it should be 50-50. You know, I, I should, as much as I'm stressed out, he needs to be stressed out as well. Yeah. How dare he not be stressed? <laughs> If I'm stressed, you need to be stressed too, right? <laughs> and, and, you know, what you're saying is absolutely true because, we, you know, in a lot of our marriages, women, we want everything to run right, everything to be yeah. perfect. And when the man is like, relaxed and just taking things in his stride, what I found out is rather than sort of learn and say, how are you doing it? How are you so relaxed? Um, we sort of go... Uh, why should you be relaxed? I'm stressed. You must be stressed. So I'm trying to bring the person over to our side instead of actually seeing something that we admire or that we envy in the person. How is it that you're able to just come home and do this and relax and saying, you know, help me come over to that side where I can be relaxed as well. That's what I know. You know, the funny thing I found out, um, so yeah, this is years later, myself and my husband are having this conversation and he made it clear to me that all that time I thought, oh, this guy is just lounging in front of the TV. Mm. A lot of the time he was actually stressed as well and I never actually realized it. And I think for him, being in front of the TV was just an outlet. He just thought, let me just zone out. It was a way yeah. for him to zone out. So I'd made an assumption so over so many years many that years. this guy was just chilling. Mm. But for him, it was a way for him to deal with it. So you're right. I mean, it's identifying, okay, what's this person doing to, to help themselves to relax? Yes. To, to zone out. Yes. Um, I think if, he had, if I had asked him at the time to say, oh, God, you can't be in front of the TV like this all the time, he probably would have said, oh, um, I'm just trying to chill out. I have mm. a lot on my mind as well and all of that. So I think I've learned that men have different stresses than than we women have absolutely um, he's probably thinking oh this is where i want my family to be by yeah. x time and these are the things i need to do and that alone is a pressure for him but yeah. me as a woman i'm not seeing that i'm just seeing you know what is going on on the outside and um so communication I, mean, I, I can't emphasize it enough it's yeah. key in anything we do um I don't have a perfect marriage. I don't even think there's anything like a perfect marriage. Yes. <laughs> I don't think it exists. If it does, yes. please send it to the person. I need to learn from them. But it's just, um, you have to do what works for you. You, you have to. You have Absolutely. to identify Absolutely. what works for you. Yeah. Because I've noticed, you know, from my own marriage, from talking to different people, reading books and so on, is it is when you make assumptions and you don't actually bring those assumptions or the ideas to speak it, you know, to talk about it with the person. And that assumption begins to fester in your mind and gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And like, he doesn't care. And we start to bring all sorts of strange interpretations Mm. to the person's actions. Meanwhile, all it takes is just one conversation. Yes. Um, How come this is what you're doing? Uh, Can we talk about it? And a lot of times it would 
actually dispel those assumptions that we've had. And are you serious? I didn't know. I didn't think about it that way. Exactly. Exactly. The second thing that I picked up from what you said is when you got together with a group of friends, you realize that it's not just you. Yeah. And, you know, if only we could say that enough, because I find out that in marriage, when it comes to affairs of marriage, people are not usually free in sharing and saying, this is what I'm going through. We tend to want to bring up this uh, idea that my marriage is perfect, everything's going well. Mm. Meanwhile, the sooner I think that we accept the fact that there is no perfect marriage, yeah. uh, even if things are beautiful now, there's a season that's coming where you're going to have to grow and stretch again and there will be tension. So <laughs> uh, I, I really I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that you said that because it is so true. Yes. So true. So you got to the point where you decided, look, I want to enjoy my life. I don't like being stressed. And you began to put certain things in place. Yes. You mentioned particularly realizing that you don't need to do everything yourself yeah. and also bringing the children into it. Yes. Mentors. How soon did you begin to do that with the kids, with the girls? So I've got three girls. Um, one's 12 now. And I think I started um, giving, I, I bought this little dustpan and brush for her <laughs> when she was probably about six or seven. But before that, I'd, I mean, if she brings her toys out, get her to put her toys back, so just little things, just get her to responsible for little things, you know. And I started that way. Um, the middle one, she's eight now, the same with her. While her sister was older and able to wash dishes, she'll probably be tidying the sitting room while her sister is doing the dishes and my baby is four now she has to tidy up her toys she has her own little dustpan and brush now as well and she will tidy it up she'll sort out their shelf and it's amazing that because i've given them something to be responsible for when she does it she's so proud my baby especially she calls you and mommy can you come and check it mommy i've done this it looks nice and the funny thing is if her sisters try to take anything and leave it out of place she's on them like a rash she's like screaming no no you can't make it untidy i've tidied it so it gives them that sense of responsibility as well absolutely so i find that i I, even though i still shout sometimes i'm honest (laughs) i still have to scream at them do this do that but that they they know what to do they know what to do they know what to do i absolutely love that because i found out you know particularly with with raising children that the sooner and the quicker you can get your children into routines, mm. the simpler your own life is going to be. Yeah. So routines, you know, for example, get, you know, getting them up as in, if you have to worry, let's say you, you have to go to work, right? Yeah. And as you're thinking, okay, this is what I'm doing at work today, da, 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 and you're still having to worry, I need to go and wake up my three children or my four children my two children, make sure they do this, make sure they've packed their bags, make sure they've eaten breakfast, blah, blah, blah. that is time and headspace that you can actually use and invest somewhere else. In something maybe, else, yeah. Yeah, maybe even have that hour, you know, before you and your husband have to get up. It's, mm-hmm. these things actually count. When they come back from school, putting routines in place, you know, put your bag away, uh, set, you know, have a snack, do your homework. It really does go a long way, I found. Yeah. In, in giving you that, you know, be able to take your time back. Yeah. And it is not 
something that is bad for the children as well. You also teach them to be independent. Yes. Like you yes. said, they have this sense of uh, pride that, you know, yeah. I, I'm doing this. They might not always show it. Yep. But, <laughs> <laughs> but then, yes, and it certainly will bear results. Yes. Um, later on, I'll you know give the example of you know I've always raised Maxine, uh, my daughter, to be independent because I it's something that I believe very strongly in. I think particularly because in my in my first profession as a teacher, and I you know we teach teenagers, and I found that one of the most um, popular reasons why teenagers don't do well is because they're not. Um, independence. They are not self-starters. You have to sort of wind them up, wind them up courage, yeah. and courage and encourage. And I, and I will take meetings with parents over and over again. And by the time they get to teenage, teenagers, uh, teenagers, the parents are really struggling because it's yeah. now sort of habit mm-hmm. that they still, you know, do your homework. They have to sort of wind them up and encourage yeah. and encourage and encourage. But if you also see children that the parents will come in and say, even, you know, I don't, I don't really need to supervise or monitor that much. I just check up and say, how are you doing? But the children are so independent and they have a sense of purpose. Yeah. By seeing that early in my own career, I thought this is the way to raise a child, mm-hmm. make them independent and your life and the life, the, the life of the child is going to be so much easier. Yeah. 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 I mean, you're very right on that. Um, I'll use my, my child, my daughter as an example. When, so she's in secondary school now. And for the first couple of weeks when she started, it kind of stressed me out because I had to get her up and wake her up. And I said to her, look, you have a phone. It has an alarm. Mm. You need to set yourself an alarm for when you need to get up, mm. when you need to get downstairs to have your breakfast, when you need to get yourself out of the door. And I just said it like in passing. I didn't really think she was going to actually set up all those alarms. But she actually did. I can't remember the last time I had to get up to wake her wow. up. She gets out. You just hear her shouting, bye, mommy. And she's gone. Yeah. That's the door. So, yeah, yeah definitely. And imagine the, the time and the peace that you have actually gained back yeah. as yeah. a result of doing that. And also for her, the sense of pride yes. um, that she has gained from being able to do that as well. And it's yes. you know, maximum you know, wonderful result yes. in studies. So that's brilliant. So um, moving on. The typical day of Nigerian woman, based on the way we've been raised and everything, a typical day might mean uh, you wake up, okay, in England, at least in Nigeria, I think they wake up at <laughs> uh, three and they're out of the house by four because of traffic. Yeah. But let's say in England, you wake up maybe six, yeah. um, five or six, you know, you do your prayers if you can, if you're not too knocked out. Um, <laughs> You start getting ready, get the kids ready, um, maybe make breakfast, whatever it is. If the kids are taking packed lunch, you may, you know, make lunch for make make their lunch, pack their, you know, lunch box and so on. Yeah. They go, uh, your husband goes off to work, you go off to work. While you're at work, maybe you get to work, I don't know, nine. Obviously, let's say you're in a high pressure job where your mind is buzzing, you know, yeah. all the you barely have 30 minutes to sit down and have lunch. And that goes on all the way till five. So you leave work at five, uh, hop on the tube or whatever it is. You're trying to catch up on a few things while you're on the tube. You get home, maybe six, sometimes 6.30. And the kids, how are you doing? How was your day? What happened today? Have you started your homework? Da, da, da. So you have that engagement going on with the kids. 
Yeah. Then you're going to start dinner. You start yeah. cooking. After cooking, your husband comes back or maybe comes back during that time. You sit down, you feed the children, and so on. All of this may actually go on, maybe clean up. Yeah. Uh, da, da, da. This may go on until possibly eight or nine. Yeah. And then eight or nine is when you really actually have time to sit down. And for some people, it's better than that. Yeah. Okay. And by that time, you're probably tired. Your husband is yeah. trying to talk to you. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> he just <laughs> described my life. He just, want, <laughs> he just wants to collapse into bed. And he, he may even be trying to rub your shoulder or something like that. Ah, okay. <laughs> so if that is, let's say, typical. Yes. Clearly. And, you know, I was very generous by saying you, you start with prayer. A lot, of, a lot of times, prayer is one of the first things to go. From personal experience and from a lot of people that I talk to, yes. it's one of the first things that gets choked out, studying the word and all those things, because yeah. God will understand now, Abby. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know if God's good to understand. I know. That's what we tell ourselves that, you know, it's not angry. Makes us feel better. Uh, it well. It's the most important aspect of our lives because yeah. that's where we draw life and where we draw strength and wisdom. Yeah. But it typically is one of the first things that get choked out. And let me not even talk about Saturday. Saturdays are probably worse because you're driving from one place to the other. Activities, uh, the children's activities, maybe family events, da, 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 da. So how does someone that is in that situation and has been in that situation for years and years and years, how do they come to the point where they're saying, look, I have my own life to live. I'm not just called to be a wife and a mom. I have a personal purpose from God. Yes, God has called me to my husband and to my children, but that's not the entirety of my life. Of me. Yeah. Yeah. So how, how do we start? How does that person actually begin? Where do they start from? I think realizing that first of all mm. is the first stage. Once you realize that taking steps to improve things for yourself right. is easier. The, the battle is easier. Um, also learning to say no, I think we, as women, we take on so much mm. and we commit ourselves to so much without actually thinking about the impact on our health and our well-being. Um, so over the years I've, I've, I mean, this is, this is a running joke between myself and one of my friends. I always say to her, just say no. Um, what's the worst that the person will, will do? What's the worst that can happen? Yes, and these things that work as well, like taking on extra things on, that yeah, would not necessarily, you know, yes. add to you or your career. So, so if, I mean, I'll, I'll give an example. Recently at work, um, there's this new guy that I thought was kind of crossing the boundary of what I thought my job was. And he was giving me more work than what I thought I could take on. Now, the old banker will probably not say anything and just do the work and keep quiet and... But I think I've, I've come to realize that if I don't value myself, nobody will value me. That's if I don't right. add value to myself and make people know that, look, you value yourself, they will treat you anyhow. And so um, I you know, just went up to my manager and talked to him about it and said, this and this is what is going on. I'd appreciate if you have a word with this guy. Um, and I didn't make a big issue out of it, but I just made it clear that I wasn't going to take it. 
Um, and it was dealt with. At first, I was apprehensive because I thought, mm, I don't want them to, to send me packing or whatever. But it worked out. It was okay. Let's just pause on that because I think that's very important. I think a lot of us actually find ourselves, particularly women, in that situation. And it's that apprehension. It's a fear of, what will they say? Uh, will they think I'm trying to slack off and so on? Yeah. But I think it's also bearing in mind that we live in a time when people are more aware of, um, you know, we talk about gender equality and all those things. Uh, women don't tend to speak up. Imposter syndrome. We don't believe we're good enough. We always yeah. think the men are better at certain, well, I'm speaking from my own experience it's now. It's very common, yeah. Yeah, I just think, oh, this person can do the job better than I can. And that just plays at the back of your mind when you're, when you're given certain tasks to do. And I, I've, I'm coming to realize that that's a dangerous place to be in because right. think, uh, somehow you just attract negative stuff to yourself if you have that mindset. And yeah. people will think, this one is a, 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 a pushover, I can do whatever yeah. I want with them. Yeah. So it's working on your mind, you know, it's working on your mind and reminding yourself of how valuable you are and I think once you do that, um, it's not like it's easy or that mm -hmm. you won't forget sometimes, but it's making that conscious effort to constantly, you know, speak to not, yourself. Yeah. yeah not, and say, look, I'm better. Some things that in your mind, Patsy, I think this is probably a good way to see in your mind, you're thinking, this is not my work now. You know, this mm -hmm. is not something I, but the boldness or the courage to, to, decline. to, yeah. to say, no, I don't want to do it. And as you're doing it, you're not doing it with joy. Yeah, you're not dealing with joy, you're grumbling inside, you're complaining inside, but you're like, I, I can't speak up, I'm afraid that they might think this. I think that's probably a, a cue to say, hang on, if, you're, if I'm feeling this way, then at least I should have a conversation about yeah. it and not just speak it and, yeah. and move on. So you're saying the first thing, and I completely agree with that, is coming to a realization that listen, I have value, all right? Yeah. My life is not just about the people that are in my life. Yeah. I, as a person, have value as, as well. And God has deposited certain things in me that also need to come out yes. beyond my career, my marriage, and my children. Yes. Yes. Um, and, okay, we've talked about parenting, being able to um, take some of the time back. So the thing is, when, when children are born... 100% they need us. We have to do everything for them. But it's very important, and that's, that's what I hear you saying as well, as they grow older, to begin to take some of that time back. Yes. Right, to your own self. So we start out 100%, you have to do everything for them. But then to gradually begin to reduce it, 80%, 80 you do this, you do that, until they get to the point where Honestly, and I would say by the time you're getting into secondary school, certainly children should be independent. They should be self-starters, particularly yes. when it comes to their education. Mm -hmm. Because once they get to those teenagers, it really is an uphill task. This is from my own experience yeah. working with so many teenagers. It's so difficult to get them back in, you know, to yeah. get them into that mindset, mindset where, yeah. look, you have to sit down. Nobody's going to do this for you. You have to mm. sit down and do it yourself. Yes. Okay. So 
uh, what about the marriage part of it? So um, I remember you shared a story with me that when you first got married, um, and I can assume that when you guys were courting, you were probably eating out. Maybe you cook every yeah, and cook, yeah. so on. But then you got married, and then your husband wanted wanted <laughs> freshly cooked freshly food from cooked scratch food. every so, day. Yeah. Tell us about that. <laughs> so yeah, I, I got married, and um, it was a shock to my system when uh, <laughs> my my hobby was like oh. Um, so he likes freshly made food. Um, he likes his soup. So when you say freshly soup. made, as in you blend from scratch, but you blend, blend the yeah, it. He doesn't want food from the freezer. So ah. just cook enough to last maybe a day or two, and then that's it. So and that's what he wanted. Eat. So I did that for I think the first maybe four weeks or <laughs> six weeks or thereabouts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the funny thing was we'd leave, leave the house together in the morning mm. come back together in the evening then the love was still you know when the love is still yes, no. like what is just all the time and all of that and then i'll get off the bus and we weren't driving then neither of us i'll get mm. off the bus um at the town center to try to quickly get some stuff um to cook when we get home and then i'll get home and then start cooking wow and that went on for a couple of weeks. And I just said to myself one day, this cannot happen. <laughs> I found that I wasn't, I wasn't eating anymore because by the time you've cooked, you're tired. Mm. You can't really eat what you even cooked to start mm. with. So someone yeah. else is enjoying and you're completely knackered. Yeah. So I, I, didn't, I didn't complain. I didn't see anything. I just kept my mouth shut. I went online ordered myself a deep freezer, a small chest deep freezer. Mm-hmm. And it was funny because he arrived on a Saturday and my husband said, oh, then we lived in a flat on top floor. And um, so the post, the delivery guy hit the bell and my husband was like, oh, are you expecting something? So he could see the guy from upstairs. Are you expecting something? And I said, oh, yes. He was like, oh, it looks like a big package. I said, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and the delivery guy came in and... <laughs> delivered the freezer my husband was like what we don't need a freezer i said we need a freezer <laughs> we do need a freezer you can't kill me you can't be cooking stew every day he's like no i told you it has to take i said don't worry it will taste fresher than fresh you will not even know it's been in the freezer don't worry he was like no yes. he grumbled a bit oh there's no space for it in the flat i said i've already imagined where it's going to be so just, just move this here move this and we moved everything and the freezer went there so every objection he had he had and that's how i started my journey of bulk cooking even till now i still do it saturday you enjoy the food <laughs> he wants to enjoy it. he loves it <laughs> going on how many years he's never yes. I just bulk cook everything I can. I enjoy cooking anyway, so cooking isn't really a chore for me. Mm. Um, so I cook all sorts and just freeze it up. And oh, you want this? Bring it out, warm it, and it just made life so much easier for me. Especially when kids came, it was it was good that I'd already dealt with that because I can't mm. imagine if I had a child and still had to cook fresh every day. Yes, have been difficult, completely difficult. So yeah, that was absolutely. How I, I, I love that story, and it's so true. And you know, cooking, bulk cooking, also that's another way to yep. 
take your time back and also your peace of mind. Even you know, so, so people like you, you say oh, you love cooking. Me, I don't even enjoy cooking. I say I cook because we have to eat. Imagine if I now boiling beets and cooking from scratch every day. Ah, can't work. Can't work. <laughs> uh, ball cooking is a lifesaver, and something you also mentioned about getting a cleaner in. And I, you know, from talking to people as well, that is something that people also, I, I don't know, there's a, some kind of negative outlook, you know, yeah. regarding getting a cleaner, uh -uh, you know, can't you do it yourself? You're wasting money. But I'm, I personally can talk about how, you know, it, it probably saved my mind. <laughs> as in literally, because in the beginning, what you were saying about the resentment, because I felt, you know, at one point, I told my husband, I said, I feel like an au pair. <laughs> <Not> <laughs> I don't know what you mean. I'm cooking, looking at that. Okay. I hear you, just like, you know, it's like, I'm like, okay, if there's one, only one thing, you know, that I would like you to do. And he would tell her and her husband, my husband is not exactly hands-on in terms of <laughs> domestic chores, all right? Um, and I said, I, I, I'm the kind of person that, you know, I'm very aware of germs. I'm like, I can't touch this. So bathrooms for me, is like, like, like I'm never going to wash bathroom mm. right? or toilets because I'm like, germs, germs, germs. Like, if you just help me sort this out, don't worry, I would, uh, you know, I would do everything. I'll cook and, and so on. And he would do it. <laughs> but sometimes he would not. And the, the fights, the wahala, the arguments. But, you know, this is the only thing that I'm saying she helped me with. <laughs> Why are you not? And this is on Saturday when he's, he's so he has a full job mm. as a doctor all week. And then uh, in addition to that, he's also a pastor. So Saturday, we don't even see him like that because he's preparing. And out of that, I'm saying, I was bathroom, yeah? I've been watching bathroom. <laughs> because for me, I just needed to see that, ah, no, I can't he's do doing something. Like mm -hmm. But then he just, I think somebody now puts... Um, and because I had never had a cleaner, you know, as a single mother, I'm like, how many of us are in the house? Just yeah. out. Someone just put a flyer through the door, cleaning. We have cleaning service in your area. And he didn't even tell me. He just called up the person and arranged for the person to come and see me. And the lady arrived and said, somebody's here to see you. He said, who? said, he's a cleaner. I said, really? But as soon as he did that, just occurred to me that why not? Yeah. Why not? And the person, you know, now it, it's just yes, it's more money, but it's money that is giving me peace of me has allowed yeah. me to put my peace of mind back, mm -hmm. and I would not substitute it. So there are things like that that we may need to, you know, look at uh, yeah. in terms of even though there may be like a negative, like a stigma attached to it. Yeah. Personally, if it's going to improve my own peace of mind, why not? Why not? Yeah. And as we round up, the last thing that I wanted you to talk about is spend once kids start to come. Well, yeah. The other thing that tends to go as well is intimacy with the husband. Mm -hmm. Just having that time when you guys would just chill out, particularly mm -hmm. if the children are always like in your bedroom. Maybe they sleep in the bedroom of the whatever if they're a bit young. Mm -hmm. And all those kind of things, and you barely have any time alone with mm -hmm. your husband or with your wife. How how have you been able to navigate that? 
So I think I, I, I learned early enough from so my from my second child. Um, I always got my kids out of our room once they were nine months. Once they stopped breastfeeding, that was it. They went into their own room. So I think it's very, very, I mean, I, I have friends who have three-year-olds sleeping in the bed with them and I'm like, that's a no-no. Mm. Um, I think it's very, very important to have your space with your husband. And also, um, for me, I'd rather pay for someone to watch them while I go out with my husband. Um, some people might have an issue with that or say, oh, um, I can't trust people with my kids. And it's, you will find that on the long run, your kids will be better off for it. Mm. Be better off for it. Sometimes you just need to just do it. If you have a trusted family member that you can keep them with, mm. do it. If you can't go out, I mean, there's some people that that option isn't available to them. How about when the kids go to bed? Decide that Friday night is date night, even if you're in your living room. That's important. And also, so for example, setting a firm bedtime. A reasonable yes. one as well because it's also good for the kids. If kids are going to bed at 10, 11, it will affect them. Will affect them. Yeah. yeah. So saying so, you have a bedtime, oh yeah, go yeah. to bed. Yes, and once they've gone to bed, you, you can do whatever you like. It's it's your space. Mm. You know, I think those things are um, they they you can't quantify, you know, the the <laughs> the, the, the peace whatever, the, the peace and everything. You know, just, just from being able to share your life. Because the truth is, Monday to Friday, the stress is, is on. The pressure is on. Mm. You hardly have time. And that's just the truth of the matter. You will have, hardly have time to sit, to talk, to chat, just to connect. And once that connection isn't there anymore, then it's so, so easy. It mm. happens quickly to just begin to drift apart. And, right. and like I said, on the long run, it's not good for anyone. And it's not just your relationship with your husband. You as um, a woman as well, I believe every woman should have some time where she can just detach herself, stop being mommy mm. five minutes every day, not be mommy, not be wife, not be, not be employee or entrepreneur or whatever. Just be you and just you know reflect on your life. I think that is great as well. And having a fantastic support network is i cannot overemphasize over having good people around you you don't have to have lots of people even if it's just two people you have mm. that you know can be that support network for you that you can bounce ideas off or just go out chill with so my, myself and the group of girls i was talking about one in particular we started this um, initiative sisters night out and that was about five years ago and really all it is is just for ladies to come forget about family and all the stressors that they have in their life for just one night fine people might say one night is not enough to you know for the rest of your life but it's the start and it's you coming to that realization that sometimes you need to do stuff that's good for you you need to enjoy yourself so what's what's enjoying life about it's not about how much money you make it's about how at peace you are with yourself. That's right. You know? That's right. It's about invest. If you are at peace, your children will enjoy you. But if you're stressed out, there's no way your kids can enjoy you. There's no way your husband can enjoy you. So mm -hmm. it all starts with you as a person being content with who you are, being happy. I'm not saying yeah. don't push yourself to progression, but it's being content where you are at that at any certain point in time. Yes. You know? 
and and um discovering who you are you know i i can't even overemphasize that discover who you are as a person yeah. once you do that the rest will just kind of fit in somehow you will find yeah. a, a way around the rest of it absolutely and you need isolation at least isolation with god Yes. To, be able to discover who you are, yes, because you can't discover who you are, particularly in the midst of know. the noise. Yes, mm. in the midst of the noise, is having that time to reflect and to plan and to just think or yes. just relax. Yes, um, I, I think it's absolutely it's absolutely crucial. And yes, you know, I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation, Banke. Thank you absolutely. for coming on this interview um and i know that a lot of people are going to gain a lot from this i really appreciate it so thank, thank you. you thank you for inviting me it's been lovely <laughs> thank you all right um this is it for this episode of our super abundant life interview and we'll be back next time this is allow me thank you bye